0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to talk about Socratic fallacies again. And I'm going to use the example of how I posted a picture of an apple this week on Facebook and how the left completely lost its ever-loving mind. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. If you listen to the show routinely, you know that over the course of the last year or so, I've talked about Socratic fallacies repeatedly. Often I talk about the fallacy of ad populum and the fallacy of ad hominem. I've also talked about the fallacy of non sequiturs. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about fallacies that are often committed by those advocates of critical race theory, critical theory, cancel culture and politically correct thinking. They commit five consistent fallacies over and over again, and they don't care, either because they don't know what those fallacies are, they haven't been educated well enough to understand Socratic logic in the first place, or they do understand it and they claim that it's just a product of white privilege, kind of like saying that 2 plus 2 equals 4, is a white way of thinking rather than a right way of thinking. This is the nature of what's going on in the political debate, the social narrative today. Or there could be other reasons that they commit these fallacies. I don't know. Um, But I am going to talk about a meme that I posted this week. The meme was simply the picture of an apple. I didn't make it up myself. I saw it from somebody else. I thought, that's hilarious, so I reposted it. The meme is this. It's a picture of an apple, but it says, the text that goes with the meme says, this is a banana. If you see an apple, you're a right-wing extremist. Now, I thought this was hilarious because it highlights the lunacy of our time, of our day, the denial of reality. I mean, it could have been a picture of uh, of a woman, and it could have said this. This is a man. If you see a woman, you're a right-wing extremist. It could have been a picture of a dog, and it could have said, This is a cow. If you see a dog, you're a right-wing extremist. The examples could go on and on with regard to the left's denial of reality. A picture of a fish and it could have said this is a horse if you see a fish you're a right-wing extremist it could have been an example of an elementary school uh, flashcard where the picture actually shows two plus two equals four and the text could have said this equals six if you think it equals four you're a right-wing extremist you get my point this was a perfect meme that expressed in very simple terms a problem that's going on in our culture right now. It was beautiful satire, because as we've said before, good humor has to have a good measure of truth to it, or it's not funny. And this meme is hilarious. And frankly, the the traffic that it uh, created on my Facebook page was huge. Well over a thousand people engaged with this, and 99% of those people gave it a thumbs up and laughed and said, "Perfect, spot on. It really does." speak the truth to our time, doesn't it? Good satire often does shine a spotlight on truth. What's going on in reality? A problem. Something that is so ridiculous that it is funny. Well, this meme also triggered a few people. I don't know where they come from. I don't know how they get to my Facebook page, but I had people from Australia, England, the Netherlands. The LGBTQIA community came unglued. And I'm going to give you an example of one response from a guy who fancies himself a progressive leftist, and he's proud of it, and how he responded to uh, the terrible right-wing conservatives that were posting such things and laughing about it. And I'm going to discuss Socratic fallacies in the context of critiquing this. So that's today's show. Remember that if you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can go to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. And also, if you want to go to my website and check out any of my writing for The Washington Times, all of those articles are archived there. And that website is Dr. Everett D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. And you can access links to my books there, you can go to the Washington Times archived articles, and you can also go to all of the back issues of The Rebellion there that are uh, uh, documented, archived, and stored there so that you can access a link to your favorite episodes of The Rebellion and then post it out there on your social media or send it to your friends and family so that we can increase the number of people listening to The Rebellion on a routine basis. Now let's take a break, and when I get back, we're going to talk about this meme, uh, a couple reactions to it, and then I'm going to review at least five Socratic fallacies and why those proponents of cancel culture, you know, those people that are all fixated on trigger warnings and microaggressions and critical theory, critical race theory, white supremacy, intersectionality, political correct thinking... And the silencing of those people that they disagree with, like yours truly, for simply posting a picture of an apple and saying (laughs) that if you see an apple, the reality of what it really is, then you're a right-winger. You're an extremist. You're the problem. Not those people that are denying that this thing is real and claiming that it's something it's not, like a banana. Oh, the world is upside down. The prophet Isaiah was so prescient and prophetic, (laughs) no pun intended there. He called it. He hit the nail on the head when he said, Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil, bitter sweet and sweet bitter, darkness light and light darkness. And we could just go on and on. Woe unto them who call bananas apples and apples bananas, who call horses fish and fish horses, who call women men and men women, who call adults children and children adults. Woe unto those who lie, who reverse definitions. Ignore reality. Claim that they're better than God himself at defining what should be good and just and real. They are the ultimate arbiters of truth, because there is no truth unless they decide something is true. There's no such thing as an objective standard of truth, with a capital T. Nothing is objective. Everything is subjective. Subject to their power, their opinions, their feelings, their emotions— Nothing is real unless they say so. Even a picture of an apple. I mean, I'm serious. That's where we are. Yes, I'm going to share an example of that with you after we take this break. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So once again, today's topic is this meme I've posted. And again, it's, it's, uh, it's hilarious. I don't know who who uh, put it together. I saw it out there in social media, and I just uh, saved a copy of the photo, and then I reposted it. Again, I'm going to tell you what the meme is. It's a picture of a red apple, and it says, this is a banana. If you see an apple, you're a right-wing extremist. That's all it says. No other commentary. I posted it out there, and as of the recording of this show, I've got about 1,500 likes or comments with regard to that particular Facebook post. And I'm not uh, referring to what I got on Twitter or MeWe or Gab or Gitter. I'm just referring to Facebook right now. Now, in my world, getting that kind of response and traction, that kind of reaction is noteworthy. I mean, there are people out there that would, cons- would, would consider that inconsequential because they've got uh, 2 million followers and whatever they post. They could post a picture of good morning and they'd get uh, 1,000 likes. But in my world... Getting that type of traction causes me to wonder why. Why did it get so much interest? Why did it engender so many comments from followers? And why did it kind of spiral out into a bit of a viral reaction where people that don't follow me on a routine basis or follow me at all, all all of a sudden are involved in this conversation. And those people are involved in a negative way. Well, one reaction I got that's an example of that is from a guy by the name of Matt Volker Bouma. I think is the way you pronounce his name, or maybe it's just Bouma. B-O-U-M-A. Matt Volker Bouma, or Bouma. I don't know who he is. Uh, He apparently is from the Netherlands. However, he may live in the United States right now. His bio on his Facebook page is... uh, Not very clear. Uh, In a sense, that doesn't matter, but uh, context is always important. So he may be uh, international uh, and he may bring that flavor to the conversation where he's not American, that he's bringing um, the perspective of someone who doesn't live here to the table, European perspective, if you will. Uh, Again, is that important? I think so, because context always matters. I mean, if you're making a comment, it probably matters whether or not you're from the heartland of America versus New York City or San Francisco. That doesn't necessarily impact the truth or falsehood of your argument or your reaction, but it does indicate the type of influence, the type of environment from which you come. And therefore, sometimes we ought to take that into consideration. Um, Okay. So this is what he says. Uh, this is a direct quote. Now, it's not very well written, so you'll have to forgive me. I'm just going to read directly from what he says here. Now, again, he's reacting to a picture of an apple. Okay? That's, his, that's the context of this. Context is king. The more I see and hear heartless, greedy, selfish, antisocial conservatives and Republicans cry, whine, and yap about how unfair it all is, or make lame, unfunny jokes and flavorless cartoons and memes that really have no point at all, or throw impotent little tantrums of misplaced rage about being treated the way others are, and have been for years, if not centuries, or those others gaining the same rights you've had for eons, the more soothing it becomes." The louder the shrieks, the more I understand how the country is being governed properly, giving relief to the actual needy, assistance to the disadvantaged, healing to the infirmed, alleviation to the cornered, and equal rights to the oppressed. Like your Bible tells you, you should. Your yelping and your outrage demonstrates things that are going right. Keep it coming. It has a very rewarding and enriching influence to see such people as ye lose it. It's fantastic. Okay. Now that's his response to a picture of an apple, where the text says, this is a banana. If you see an apple, you're a right-wing extremist. His response is interesting, isn't it? Now, I want you to pick it apart. The first thing he says, when I hear heartless, greedy, selfish, antisocial conservatives and Republicans cry, whine, and yap about how unfair it all is, Or make lame, unfunny jokes and flavorless cartoons and memes that really have no point at all. Or throw impotent little tantrums of misplaced rage. Okay? What is that an example of? (laughs) What is it an example of? Well, let's go to the first couple... (laughs) Well, it's all one sentence, I guess. Let's go to the first couple words. Heartless, greedy, selfish, antisocial conservatives and republicans. What did he just do? He labeled everyone who is in this thread, who's giving it a thumbs up, heartless, greedy, selfish, antisocial conservatives and republicans. Now does the mean same does the meme say anything about being a conservative? No. Does it say anything? about being a Republican? No. Why is he he assuming anything? Is he labeling people in a way that's illogical and irrelevant and perhaps inaccurate? And why is a picture of an apple and pointing out the fact that today some people might actually claim it's a banana and be applauded and affirmed for doing so? Why is posting that heartless and greedy and selfish? What does it have to do with greed at all? And why is there any discussion of self involved in this particular in this particular exchange why this is an example of a straw man okay that's a straw man fallacy he has constructed a scarecrow a monster a boogeyman he has constructed something that he is calling heartless greedy selfish whining yapping unfair and lame unfunny and flavorless okay He's constructing something that he goes on and calls impotent, uh, prone to tantrums, misplaced rage, treating others poorly. Okay, He's constructed something that he thinks is a representation of a boogeyman that he now calls a conservative or a Republican. This is the quintessential example. This is the poster child of a straw man argument, a fallacy that's known as... The construction of a straw man, a boogeyman, a character that is not real. It's in your imagination. Only you're the one, you're the only one who believes that this boogeyman is under the bed and actually can hurt anybody because everyone else knows that this imaginary character that you've come up with is in your own mind and it doesn't exist elsewhere. That's a fallacy. It's the straw man fallacy. Now, what's another fallacy that he has committed here? Well, this is obvious. Heartless, greedy, selfish, antisocial. Okay, yapping, unfair, flavorless, unfunny. You people are awful. And I'm going to call you names. I'm I'm going to completely ignore your point, and that is reversing definitions, calling things something that they're not, calling apples bananas and pretending that that claim actually makes it real. This make-believe life of ignoring reality, ignoring science, ignoring the empirical evidence before your very eyes, Uh, this land of leprechauns and unicorns that you're pointing out by posting that meme. I'm going to ignore that point and just distract from the entire thing by calling you names. I'm going to shoot the messenger rather than attend to the message. The message doesn't matter to me because I have a preconceived agenda. I have an emotional response. You're making me angry, and therefore I'm just going to call you bad people. I'm going to call you conservatives. I'm going to, go, I'm going to call you Republicans. I'm going to call you heartless and greedy and selfish. What does posting a picture of an apple have to do with greed? Anything? Anything? What does posting a picture of an apple have to do with selfishness? What does it have to do with economic policy or philosophy in terms of the best way to serve the downtrodden and the poor? Does it have anything to do with any of that, people? The answer is clearly no. This guy doesn't want to deal with the point. He doesn't want to deal with the obvious point of this satire, of this humor, of this meme. And that is we live in a time that Isaiah prophesied 3,000 years ago where we're calling bananas apples and apples bananas. Men, women, and women, men. Children, adults, and adults, children. We're living in a time where we've, we've killed the truth. Truth no longer exists. All that matters is your feelings, your emotions. And this guy is proving the point by responding emotionally rather than logically. He is proving the point of the meme while he rails against someone who actually thinks it's funny or pertinent. So he's committing the straw man fallacy by constructing a boogeyman, calling you evil and calling you this and that. And you're greedy, you're selfish, you're a heartless person. You don't care about the poor like I do. Who says that people who like this meme are heartless, or selfish, or greedy? That's a false. Construction, It's a straw man. And he's also committing the fallacy of ad hominem, which is the attack of the person, calling people names, shooting the messenger rather than attending to the message. Now, are there other fallacies endemic to his response, the response of folks that apparently seem to appreciate him and stand with him in his concerns against this meme? Yes, there are other fallacies. And here's another one. It's called the argumentum ad baculum. Now, what does that mean? Essentially, it's this. It's the fallacy of, I don't like what you're saying, therefore, I'm going to hurt you. Argumentum ad baculum. I don't like what you're saying, and therefore, I'm going to silence you. I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to hurt you. I don't like you. So, you've got the straw man fallacy. You've got the fallacy of, of ad hominem, which is, you don't like the message, so shoot the messenger. And then you have the one that's called argumentum ad baculum, which is essentially, I'm going to hurt you because I don't like what you're saying. You're such a bad person that you should be silenced. You should be eliminated from the conversation. Now, you may say, well, he didn't really threaten you, did he? No, not per se, but it's implicit in the entire cancel culture response, and that's why I'm bringing it up. The anger and the vitriol that you hear in his response is emblematic of the entire agenda. Cancel culture, by definition, seeks to cancel those within the culture that disagree because they are so bad that they're not worthy of having a voice. This is a form of the argumentum ad baculum. I don't like what you're saying, and therefore you are verboten. You should be canceled. You should be eliminated. That's the nature of their response. You're so bad. You're so greedy. You're so selfish. You're such a terrible conservative. You're a Republican, and we think you should stop existing. Now, we're not going to do it physically, at least not right now, but we're going to do it digitally. We're going to cancel you from social media, from Twitter, from Facebook, You shouldn't even have a voice because you posted that terrible meme of an apple, and you said that this is a banana, but if you see an apple, you're a right-wing extremist. That's terrible. You shouldn't even have a place in the Facebook world or on Twitter. People shouldn't even be able to engage with you. You're such a terrible human being. This is the argumentum ad baculum. And it's pervasive across the entire spectrum of political debate right now. Critical race theory and critical theory is actually grounded in this. Marcuse himself did not believe in pure tolerance. In fact, he believed in instrumental tolerance, that you should tolerate only those things that are instrumental and beneficial to the march for equity and redistribution the ultimate Marxist revolution. If anything was was detrimental toward those ends, then you should not tolerate those things. You should cancel those things. You should get rid of those particular voices within the political debate. That's not tolerance, people. That's why you find today that they can actually say, I can't tolerate your intolerance, or I hate hateful people, or I'm sure that nothing is sure. That's why they can say this stuff with a straight face, because it is part of the very philosophy, the founding philosophy of critical theory. Marcuse himself said that you shouldn't tolerate the intolerable. Now, you may say, well, that's self-refuting. That's circular. That's nonsense. It is, but they don't care. Because the point isn't to make sense, the point is to redistribute power. That's the point. And if you get to that ultimate goal of redistribution by making no sense, that's fine. Because the ultimate sense of the revolution is the ultimate good and the ultimate goal. The ends will justify the means. There is no quest for freedom of expression, for example, because only those that are expressing the right ideas should be free to express them. Tolerance is not the ultimate good because you can legitimately say, I'm not going to tolerate those things that I find intolerable. Love is not the ultimate goal because you should hate those hateful people. Do you get my point? This is the upside down world of this man that's responding to me. He's shooting the messenger, okay? rather than attending to the message, he's committing the fallacy of ad hominem by calling the messenger names rather than attending to the actual ideas, the message that he's bringing to the table and trying to refute that message rationally and logically. He's just going to call that guy bad things, bad names, label him a conservative, a Republican, a greedy, selfish, deplorable human being. Um, Then he is committing the fallacy of the straw man. He's constructing this boogeyman, this ugly, terrible thing that needs to be eliminated. Eliminated from the very public square, from the conversation. And he'll laugh. He gets great joy and pleasure as he watches this canceling, this elimination of his adversary take place. And that's the argumentum ad baculum, the desire to punish, to eliminate, to cancel those people that disagree. So there you have three fallacies. Are there any other fallacies in this man's response? Well, yeah, there are. And I have time to cite just one before we conclude the show. It's the, I don't know, is it the quintessential fallacy of the left today? I don't know for sure. Um, because all of these fallacies that I've already cited are repeated over and over again, over and over again, by those who recoil against anything that they believe smacks of right-wing thinking. The final fallacy that I'm going to review right now is the fallacy of arguing from silence. That if somebody doesn't say something at all, then their silence is violence. Their silence implies agreement or disagreement, that's obviously fallacious because you have no idea what I'm thinking if I'm quiet and I don't say anything about it. Just because I don't step forward and agree with you openly, if I don't write something in agreement or say something in agreement, if I'm silent about what you're saying and about your argument, that doesn't mean anything other than I am silent, and you don't know what I'm thinking, but the left assumes the opposite today. It's the very nature of the moniker of silence is violence. That if you don't agree with critical theory, then you are guilty of exercising privilege. You're guilty by default. Your silence condemns you. This is a blatant fallacy, and it's very dangerous because it forces people to come forward into the public square and say things that they may not even believe just for the sake of maintaining the peace. This is what totalitarians do. This is what despots do. Again, it's the nature of what Marcuse was calling for, and that is the ultimate Marxist victory through cultural and class conflict. So, today's lesson is Socratic logic. And we've covered a few fallacies that are obvious in this one knee-jerk reaction, this angry response from this Facebook follower, just because I posted a picture of an apple. (laughs) Oh, the world is upside down. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.